Hello, welcome to the Cowboy Show, hosted by Ben Carey and Nick Gronerad, combining expert human opinions with cutting-edge simulation models to help you arrive at the best picks each week. Inside Edge Community 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to today's stream. We've got uh, Sunday, MLB Slate, 16 games. Uh, doubleheader between the Rockies and the Mets as the extra game, if they even play. We were actually just talking before we went live. Saturday. Uh, Saturday. <laughs> it is, It is in fact, Saturday. We, we were talking. I was I was talking about how the, uh, the weather in Colorado has kind of got me fucked up. Uh, it was like 85 a couple days ago. 30 and snowing yesterday and today uh i've got a got a headache got a sore throat and i don't know if they're gonna play these games today uh it i think has stopped snowing but for for now but there is a i think a pretty decent chance that these colorado new york games don't get played uh anyways we are joined today for the first time by a special guest we have the sheffield shuffler aka what's up guys What's up, man? Happy to Guys, have thanks you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to good to have you here. So, for anybody who might not know who you are, uh, let let us know a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Peter. I uh, run Sheffield Shuffler. It kind of started as like a, a clothing brand, like sports shirts, like you know this, like dropping dingers, just like baseball shirts. And then I wanted to put my personality behind it, so I started making some videos and kind of created uh, the brand Sheffield Shuffler. I used to live um, in Wrigley Field on Sheffield and Addison, and I would be, uh, you know, the drunk guy coming home at 2 a.m., and my buddies would say, there he is, the Sheffield Shuffler, shuffling home. So I wanted to use that as my brand and have, like, that same kind of feel uh, encompass kind of everything that I produce. So, yeah, basically I just make goofy videos. I'm just like a... content creator um i like to gamble and i love baseball so that's why you'll see a lot of my stuff kind of containing all those elements yeah, yeah and I've, I've been watching uh his stuff for just this baseball season but man you know your stuff so i appreciate uh you hopping on because i think it's going to be a good discussion we'll talk some cubs at the end and uh looking forward to breaking down some games with you yeah absolutely also, I have fun. I absolutely love that shirt. I couldn't see it until you like showed it oh, off. Oh yeah, drop it. I just thought it was like a regular Dunkin' Donuts shirt. That's the idea, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Instead of the coffee, I, I absolutely it's love uh, sunflower seeds. Yeah. So, uh huh. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So, quick rundown of how the stream works for anybody who happens to be new. Uh, so we've got five categories of games we're actually using the same category twice today for the first time all season uh, but there's a good reason for that uh for each of these first for each of the the first four categories we've picked out a game that fits into the category it's four games that are interesting for four different reasons not necessarily our favorite bets of the day uh more so just some games to spark some discussion around the slate games that people are going to be interested in things that you should be keeping an eye out for uh the last category of the day is the walk-off these are our actual Favorite bets of the day. Uh, for all of these categories, the walk-off and the other ones, we have uh, our leans. Ben has his lean. I have my lean. Peter will have his lean. And you guys, as the chat, will be able to vote in polls that I throw up uh, on your favorite bets in all of these games. 
so, without further ado, uh, are we ready to get going? Let's hop into it. Alrighty. Uh, so here is category number one. The banana split. So category number one is the banana split. Taking a look at a game where we have uh, some interesting splits going on. Uh, usually we're taking a look at a pitcher with lefty-righty splits or uh, a pitcher with home-and-away splits. Uh, but in this game, we actually have two teams uh, whose batters as a whole kind of exhibit some pretty extreme platoon splits. Uh, we have two lefties on the mound in Dallas Keuchel and Nestor Cortez. Uh, and two teams in the White Sox and the Yankees that both really excel at hitting against left-handed pitching. Uh, so, gentlemen, what are we expecting to see in this game? Peter, I'll let you start this one off. Okay, great. So, um, like you said, we're looking at uh, two lefties. We got Dallas Keuchel, Nestor Cortez. Um, Cortez could arguably be, you know, AL Cy Young front runner. Uh, he's got a... Uh, very low ERA, 1.35, almost 50 strikeouts. Uh, he's been dealing all season long. Um, and it's very fun to watch him because he's not going to blow anything by you. He, I think he averages out around uh, 92 miles an hour on his fastball, which is two to three miles per hour less than league average at about like 95. So um, what he does really well is keep batters off balance. You know, he's got that wiggle, that little Johnny Cueto stuff where he kind of does a funny, goofy... Um, mind games almost uh, keeps batters off balance so he's been a lot of fun to watch and then you also see the white Sox who are hitting um, very well against lefties a 737 ops 326 on base percentage um these guys played each other last week um and the yankees won three out of four games all of those by four runs or more um cortez has not allowed more than two runs in an outing this season very impressive uh, last time he pitched against the White Sox, uh, one run of baseball, three hits, eight innings pitched. Uh, Keiko also pitched very well last time he played the Yankees. He had five shutout innings. Uh, Yankees have the best, um, second best bullpen ERA with a 2.66. Um, so I don't think Dallas Keiko is going to replicate the same uh, success he had last time against the Yankees. Um, call it what you want, regression. Um, Dallas Keigel's, uh, you know, a ground ball pitcher. He's not going to be striking batters out at a high percentage. Um, so for this game, I'm looking at uh, Yankees minus one and a half. That's at minus 115. Um, also, I do like Giancarlo Stanton over one and a half total bases. Um, Stanton against Keuchel, um, not a huge sample size, 13 plate appearances, but he's hitting 550, 546 average, 1.182 slug. Um, and then he's also slugging, you know, almost 570 on the season and he's hitting almost 300. So I really like uh, Stanton over that one and a half total bases. And I think the Yankees uh, can kind of put up a, a few runs against the White Sox here. Yeah, I kind of agree with you <clears throat> on the Yankees angle there. Um, my pick in this one is going to be the over. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go off the uh, kind of the matchup with the, the lefties. I think that's just going to bode well for both teams. And I think the other thing, too, kind of alluded to it, talking about Cortez and his style, uh, you know, keeping hitters a little off balance. Uh, the way I kind of look at it is it's like, hey, you know, a team seeing him for the first time, you really have to get used to it. And I think the second time around, seeing that just 
six days removed, I think is going to help the White Sox just a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to hit him and score five, six earned off of him, but I think they can get a, a few guys on base, have some success generating some runs. But overall, I do think that Keuchel is, is going to give up plenty of runs in this one. Uh, I was even thinking about a first five for the Yankees, but one way or another, I think there's going to be a lot of runs generated. So I'm going to go with the over nine. Nick, it, are we still showing a nine on the board? Uh, yeah. So okay. if you're looking best price, uh, according to Betstamp, on an over is an over nine at minus 120. Okay. Uh, we're, so there are nine and a half in a lot of spots, but you can get the, the nine at minus 120 still. It's over on Caesars. Yeah. I'll lock that in. Um, I actually think I'm, I'm going to bet this one. I do think so. I haven't locked it in yet, but this is one that I was thinking about, and I feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, so honestly, you could see this over hit just from, or at least largely from the Yankees' bats by themselves against Alex Keckle. And you want, you want to talk about seeing a guy for the second time and, and seeing some regression from the pitcher. I mean, if we look at one of the pitchers who's going to be a little bit more susceptible to that, I think Keuchel's the guy and not Cortez. So I'm, I'm completely with Peter here. Uh, I, I really like this Yankees run line at, at minus one and a half. I think, I think that the, these bats are going to destroy Keuchel today. You could also look for a, for a Yankees team total. If you're, if you're a little... Half? Yeah, probably at five and a half. Uh... Let me let me double check. Also, yeah. do we have the lineups out for this yet? Yes, this is the this okay. is an afternoon game, one o'clock Eastern. Okay. The White Sox are throwing out Josh Harrison, Adam Engel, AJ Pollock, uh, Andrew Vaughn. Um, you know, not exactly their their uh, premier team. Um, something to kind of look at. You, Josh Harrison. You know, he's batting one eighty. Adam Engel, 226. Not that uh, it matters too much, but I mean, when you, sometimes when the, the White Sox, I don't know what Tony La Russa is thinking sometimes when he's throwing out these lineups, um, but I think it's worth yeah, noting. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point, and I think that's enough to maybe take someone off the White Sox, even if they're thinking run line or even a money line. Uh, it's yeah, I mean, it's, all, it's also potentially a little concerning for the over. Yeah, it, a little bit, but I, I think the upside though with the Yankees is enough. So I'm I don't know maybe the team total for the Yankees is a better move. I, I don't know. Um, looks like the Yankees are rolling out almost all righties in the lineup today. Yeah, uh, so. Rizzo. Yeah, so no no Gallo from the Yankees today. Anthony Rizzo is the only full time lefty bat wow. in the lineup. Aaron, Aaron Hicks is a switcher, but he'll obviously be betting right-handed against Keiko. Uh So poll results are in for the chat. Uh, we have a Yankees run line uh, as the chat winner as well. Uh, eight votes on that, six votes on the over, and a vote apiece on the White Sox run line and on the under. Uh, so it definitely looks like everybody is on board, uh, whether you're on the Yankees run line or whether you're on the over. Uh, on the Yankees doing some damage to Dallas Keuchel. Uh, so let me go ahead and get all of this locked in over on Betstamp. Got a run line for Peter, run line for chat, a run line for myself, and the over for Ben. Uh, and yeah, I I agree with Big Jeremy. We can see like a like a seven three type of game today. 
I think. Yeah, and I think we. Yeah, go ahead. We saw a lot of that. We saw a lot of that last week when they played too, right? Like mm-hmm. we were saying, three out of those four games are winning by four or more runs. So when the Yankees are when they are winning, they're they're winning big. Yeah. So also, I want to I want to bring up before we move along into the next game. Uh, another point. So we talked about this a little bit yesterday because these two pitchers were supposed to throw yesterday before this game got rained out. Uh, I was just talking about it with chat at the end of the stream yesterday. Um, but any any thoughts on the Nestor Cortez controversy? I mean, don't want to get into any of the like, is it right? Is it wrong? I mean, obviously, the stuff that surfaced on his Twitter is is not good. But from a from a baseball perspective, from a betting perspective, uh, do we think that this is going to impact his performance on the mound at all? I got to be honest with you guys. I'm not. Um, I did not hear about this. Can you guys uh, fill me in a little bit? Uh, yeah, I'm very intrigued. I'll, I'll 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 fill him in. So he he had some old resurfaced tweets um, using some language he shouldn't have been using, and you know he apologized and owned up to it. But you know it is. It is something to consider. I don't think it's enough to like take, you know, take one side and, and make it the other, like the way you're thinking for this game. But it is something to to ponder at and just to say, like, I, will this kind of affect his approach? Um, is it going to be in his head? But I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to speculate too much on something like that, just because you just don't know how much it actually is going to impact anything. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also, so so the, the tweets were tweets that he sent out when he was 17, which was 10 years ago. Typically, yeah, that's so, typically how it goes, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I personally don't think it's really going to make all that much of an impact on, yeah. on it's today's like, performance. It, it's like one of those things where, you know, the picture of Luca came out before the game where he was drinking a beer and then he you know, the Mavericks in game one lost by whatever. And then people were like, oh, that's why they lost, you know. <laughs> I think it's like one of those things where it's like, how how much does it really impact? But, you know, that's that's for uh, talk show radio to argue over. So we'll, we'll leave, it, leave it there. Yeah. We got to see, like, long term, it's going to make absolutely no difference. We saw that same thing happen with uh, Josh Hader, right? Josh Hader had the same kind of thing. And, you know, everyone's pretty much forgotten about that at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a not a good thing to have surface, but it's not it's not like the end of the world. It's Larry and chat, so everyone is an idiot at seventeen. Yes. Uh, all right. So are we ready? Peter coming. Peter coming home drunk from Wrigley games at seventeen. No, yeah, just... you're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna have the video surface on Twitter. Is that 24, 25, 26? <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and now hop along in to game number two. Pitching duel. Now, key to being a big league pitcher is the three R's. Readiness, recuperation, and conditioning. So game number two is the pitching duel. Taking a look at a game with a good pitching matchup and a low total. Uh, and in the game that we're talking about today, we've got the San Diego Padres, Joe Musgrove on the mound, taking a trip uh, up the coast to California to San Francisco, taking on Carlos Rodon and the Giants. Uh, lines in this game, we've got the Giants currently sitting at minus 160 on the money line, total sitting at seven. Uh, so Ben, why don't you start this one off? Yeah, so I first wanted to look at the the weather here, and I actually 
haven't looked this up yet, so I'll I'll do it right I, now. I, it's six, sixty miles an hour, eight mile an hour wind blowing out, so nothing nothing okay, crazy, nothing especially crazy. especially in that ballpark. That's like a regular yeah. San Francisco day. Yeah, because it was I think it was twenty uh, last night, I believe. But yeah, at eight eight and a half, that's not enough. It is creeping up to fifteen later in the game, but you know the the thing with that park is it's such a pitcher's park that you really need some pretty crazy wins to impact a, a total and that's kind of what i'm looking at here but i'm i'm gonna go with the under in this one because radon is a guy who i really like and i think he's gonna have some success uh at home I, i'm just trying to look at his splits at home i know he had uh several let me see yeah i mean so far he's had many quality starts like he's been very solid uh on the bump and you know musgrove is another guy who you know he, he's gonna have pretty good control I, i'm just gonna go with the under in this one uh, i know last night it went over i think it went into extras um i guess the concern could be how taxed the bullpens may be but i think both these guys can go fairly deep i guess Radon hasn't gone crazy deep he's averaging around six innings but i'm gonna i'm just gonna go with the under in this one all right peter what about you what are your thoughts um so i'm looking at yes it's gonna be a great pitching matchup uh musgrove last season versus the giants 6.08 era in five starts gave up six bombs i understand those are last season's numbers um but also padres have won every single game musgrove has pitched this season Wow. Um, looking at the bullpens, uh, 12th and 13, uh, worst ERA in the MLB. So pretty much middle of the road when it comes to the bullpen. Um, nothing crazy. Um, and I'm looking at uh, Padres' team total. It's at 2.5. I like over 2.5. Uh, they've eclipsed that three of the last five games, and I just think it's a tad low. I understand there's uh, good pitching on the mound, but again, we've seen these offenses. Um, I think they put up, what, six and eight runs yesterday, something like that. Um, granted, I know it's a good pitching matchup, but I just really like, I think that two and a half is just a little bit too low for the Padres today. Yeah, I, uh, I like that spot quite a bit. Uh, so Carlos Rodon has been excellent this year. He got torched in his last start. Uh, so it was a game that he pitched at St. Louis. He went not even four innings. He gave up 10 hits, eight earned runs from Rodon. He he'd been looking really good. I mean, he was getting a lot of like potential. We know it's early, but this guy's going to end up in the Cy Young conversation talk from Rodon. Uh, but he dropped down a couple notches, I would say, after that last start. So I have a I just have a question for both of you, just more in general, not necessarily about this game. But whenever you see uh, a pitcher who has been performing pretty well, so a top quality pitcher, but they have a terrible start like Rodon did. Uh, last time out against St. Louis. Is that something that you look at and ignore in trying to handicap the next game? Or is that something that you look at and you get worried and maybe have a little apprehension you want to bet against him again? Or is it something that you look at and you say, okay, it was a fluke. We're going to get some value betting on him in this next game. And I mean, obviously it's it's case to case a little bit. Um, I, but just what are, what are your first impressions? I, seeing something I, like that. Initially, I tried to see if there's value. That's just the way I look at spots like this. So 
my thought process with this is I'm like, okay. I, and I was watching some of that game too. And first and foremost, Cardinals hit lefties uh, best in baseball. Uh, their WRC plus is 145. That's uh, 24 points ahead of the Rockies who are hitting at cores half the time. Well, WRC plus adjusts for park factor. Oh, it does. Okay, yeah. that's correct. So, I mean, that's even, I, I mean, yeah. So, anyways, Rodon in that game, yeah, I think from the beginning he was a little rattled. Now, I will say that the Padres have hit lefties well, too. They're, they're ranked sixth at 116 WRC+. plus. So, it's not like this is like a terrible matchup offensively for the Padres. Um so I'm I'm actually kind of expecting some sort of a bounce back, I guess you would call it, just based off that last start. But you really have to kind of dive in to see, you know, what was going on in that game. Um, you know, was his velocity low? Was there something mechanically just a tad off? So that's just kind of how I approach, you know, something like that. I'm curious what Peter has to say. Yeah, um, I look at the body of work of the pitcher and someone like Carlos Rodon. Um season last year, what he's done this season. I think I saw he had, if you take out that uh, start in St. Louis, his ERA was like 1.08, something like that. I mean, he's been pitching lights out. So for me, I know it's early, but I don't get concerned um, with it. I think it's awesome if you can, you know, bank on those regression games and you bet against them. Um, like, I think, you know, that's going to happen to Cortez at 1.2. He's going to get rocked. There's, it's just inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, just like I said, when you're looking at the body of work of the pitcher, um, and yeah, that's that's going to happen. Those those games are going to happen. I think they're less likely to happen back to back than uh, if they were spread out at over um, you know five six starts, whatever that is. Um, but I would I wouldn't be concerned, especially with a, a premier pitcher like Rodon. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to say too is I think he could still give up two three earned, and it's not necessarily like he got shelled, but that's that's kind of the angle you're going with Peter is that if he gave up two earned, I think you're feeling pretty good about, you know, the bullpen just giving up one. If it's through six innings, right? You get three innings and then, you know, you just need one more run and you hit your bet. Uh, For me, I like to look at these regression angles when it's a pitcher like Grinky, for example, where he's been pitching really well. And I like to identify a pitcher like that who, is liable for a blow-up spot more than the other way around. I've just had more success that way. Um, I've hit quite a few bets doing that where I'm like, okay, a lot of hard hit balls. Um, You know, his ERA uh, expected should be a lot higher. He's getting a little lucky. And for me, I think that's easier to identify than the other way around. But you do have to be careful because uh, sometimes, you know, you you pick the next game and it's, it's not that game. So, uh, it just kind of depends. It's it's a loaded question, Nick, as you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just good to talk about. It's good to it's good to have it be an active part of your thought process. Like you should. I I know I know that both of you I'm sure have have a way of handling it, but I think that it's important to to just talk about it for for the people who are who are listening and might see something like that and be like, oh, I don't know what to make of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a as a data guy, I also like to go and look and see at times previously in Rodon's career when he's had bad starts, how he comes back in response. I mean, that is something that we can go look at. Uh, so last year, I mean, he didn't have any starts where he was eight runs bad, uh, but he did throw four games last year where he gave up four or more earned runs. 
Uh, he bounced back after giving up four uh, with six shutout innings and 13 strikeouts in a game. Uh, he gave up five in a game, uh, bounced back with five innings of one run ball. He gave up four in a game, bounced back with six innings of one run ball, gave up four uh, in another game, and bounced back with five innings of shutout ball. So I think that Rodon, historically, uh, over the last couple of years, and it was it was the same the year before that in the, the COVID-shortened season also. He had one bad start where he gave up five, bounced back with a, with a one-run outing. So I think historically he's been a guy who who's going to bounce back from this. So what I like here is I'm going to take uh, the under, just like Ben did in this game. Uh, I think I think Rodon is going to perform well. I think Musgrove is going to be good enough. Uh, I was looking at a potential first five under, just to bank on the starters and take the bullpens out of it. But I I don't want to get cheeky like that. I'm just going to take is the that game. three and a half. Yeah, it's a three and a half like minus 115. Mm-hmm. And I give give me the three and a half runs over the last four innings too. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking the the same under that Ben is. Um, all right, let me go lock that in for myself. And let's take a look and see what chat likes. Uh, so chat likes the under. Uh, so it is the under getting seven votes from the chat. The over got three votes. The Padres money line at plus 140, which I actually don't hate. Um, got uh, four votes and the Giants at minus 160 picked up one vote. Chat's been very... Uh, on the plus money plays recently. It's kind of interesting. They've seen seen the light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ask you guys something? Yeah, absolutely. So I think you said what the chat liked um, Giants minus 160 money line, correct? Uh, no. It, so, so the top uh, vote getting option in the poll was the under. And between the two sides, it was the Padres. At plus oh, 140, that got more. Yeah, so the Padres got four votes. The Giants got one vote. So not a whole, not a whole lot of votes on either side. Uh, but it was but the that, Padres. Um, the, the Giants are at what right now, the, uh, that money line? Minus 160. Minus 160. Now, I wanted to ask you guys, is there a number that you guys um, will pay for a money line? And then is there a number that you kind of just stop it at? I'm, I'm curious to see if that 160, if you think it's too expensive, 145. Is there a number that you guys um, kind of just... Take a like you'll stop. I'm not going to pay more than that, or is it a case by case basis? I I'll I'll start this one off. Yeah. It's kind of case by case, but I I will say that like when it creeps up to like minus like two fifty, I'm typically like I'm, I'm gonna be looking at a run line. But Nick and I have talked about this a few times on stream, and I think the thing that we like to do is if we think the perceived value is there and the line should be, you know, minus 200 and it's minus 160. Like, we're, we're fine, um, you know, laying the minus 160. It's a little extreme, 40 cents, but if we think there is value there, um, I, yeah, I'll, I'm fine with loading it up. I, I've done that a few times uh, this season. I've been pretty successful at it. Uh, it just kind of depends. So I would say it's case by case, especially if you can get on top of, like, a, a line move early where if you see – you know, a number like minus 200, and you think it's going to move to 240, 250. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with, with laying some, some juice like that. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm the same. I'm happy to lay juice if I think that the value is there. I think everything in sports betting is all about is all about value, and I think that a lot of people get very caught up in in needing to see plus money on a play. So they'll take two things and parlay them together, or or they'll say like it's minus minus one fifty, minus one sixty, minus one seventy. So I can't bet it. It's too expensive. There's no value there. But if you have something that you think is going to hit at sixty five percent. Minus 150, minus 160 is a great value. Like that's a very, very, very plus EV play. If you if you only bet those, and you can find a lot of them to bet, you're going to make a lot of money. So it's all it's all about just trying to gauge how likely you think a bet is to hit, and if you can pay a price for it. That if your estimation of how likely it is to hit is correct then you're going to make money in the long run. I mean, you take that bet, whether it's plus 200 or minus 200 or anywhere in between or anywhere even more extreme than that. That's my take. Okay. At the, at the same time, like Ben was saying, if you have something that's minus 250 or whatever and you like the value there, there's there's yeah. likely to be value on a run line or something or yeah. an alt, some sort of alternate line mm. that that you can make it a more pal- palatable bet just from a psychological perspective. Yeah. I look at, I guess um, I'm, I would look more at like teams, at least just for me. Um, like I think I paid Cardinals money line minus 160. I was comfortable with that. And then yesterday I paid Cubs minus 145 and I feel like a chump. I'm like, why would I pay 145 money line for the Cubs? Like, and that's a homer pick obviously, but still I'm like, man, I felt stupid doing that. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they lose because yeah. they're just like, uh, I, I got fooled, but the, the last thing I'll say on this point is I'm even more comfortable laying those minus 200s in a first five situation because you have the luxury of a push is, you know, you get your money back if it's, you know, 2-2 two, two in, in the fifth. Uh, the thing with the full game, though, is if it does go to extras, I mean, if, if you have money on a favorite, you can't be feeling good when it goes to extra innings, especially with the Ghost Runner. So... Uh, one thing I like to say is like I think there's added value on a minus 200 in a first five situation, kind of comparable to uh, a full game minus 200, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nick, did that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it's mean, it, it's times. always I, better I, to take a minus 200 where you can push as opposed to a minus 200 where you can't push. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure maybe you typically like don't see, see them at the value. same price mm-hmm. yeah. for that reason. Um, but yeah, uh, somebody in chat asked about the Rockies game. I think that the Rockies games today are unbettable. There's a chance that they won't play, uh, but also there was very wet and heavy snow that fell in in Denver. I and I don't know how it's going to impact the field, if it's going to mm-hmm. impact the field. Yeah, and cold weather games like that's a whole discussion, and I, I yeah, I just don't want to. I don't want to handicap this one. Yeah, no, I'm not going to waste any time looking at that game or those games. As appealing as it is to bet against Marquez. (laughs) Uh, All right, so are you guys ready to hop along into category number three? Yes. All righty, let's do it. The hype train. Come on, motherfuckers, come on. Release the brainstorm to make your motherfucking brain warm. A strange form, something kind of lyrical. Biggie the bastard, so that's kind of spiritual. Well, in God. 
category number three is the hype train. And we uh, we finally get to talk about the guy who is on whose face is imposed on the train in the video in the hype train. Ben, this is like Christmas, right? Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you a, a question. Um, is Adley Russ? How do you say his name? Adley Rush 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 Rushman. Adley Rutschman. Is he as highly touted as a prospect as? Bryce Harper was. Uh, I I don't think he's Bryce Harper level of a prospect. No. Mm-hmm. So so fa- uh, over on Fangraphs, he's he's rated as the number one prospect in all of baseball. So he's a, he's an excellent prospect. Uh, the the Bryce Harper year was a special year. You you had you had three guys that year. Who who were probably three of the, I would say three of the five most highly regarded prospects that we've seen in the time since then, all the way through now, in in Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, who both turned out to be absolute studs, and you also had Matt Moore, who was probably rated as the best pitching prospect of the last decade. Um, I guess since maybe since Steven Strasburg coming out as a prospect. Uh, and he definitely did not turn out to be all that great, which is the, the, the hit and miss that you get with prospects. Uh, but I think it's, it's those guys and it's Wander Franco mm-hmm. as, as yeah, far as best prospects sure. of the last decade. I also think too, Ben, um, from a marketing standpoint, I think um, Adley Rushman has smaller littler marketing value than bryce harper did bryce harper everybody knew his name since he was 17 years old he was on espn he was on uh you know people knew who he was this young kid with a big loopy strong left-handed swing um so i think he was just like you uh you were mentioning um just something special um that it's very hard to find and they're kind of trying to marketing or market uh rushman as you know number one prospect which is great but i think yeah like you said it's just something special every couple years uh, that you're not going to see every year yeah and also you know harper i feel like he had more of you know somewhat of a cocky demeanor i mean Mm -hmm. deservingly so and i think rushman from what i've seen out of him he doesn't fit that as much oh i no, i completely disagree with that actually I think that's that's what one of the big selling points of Rushman. I mean, you don't see this just looking at stats in the minors, but but Rushman is is like the the absolute epitome of charismatic team leader. Dude, he, he's, I, I he's guess... a guy who's going to sell a ton of jerseys, and as, as when he steps onto the big <laughs> league field, that that presence is going to be felt. He's he's going to be a, a, a star from a marketability side of things as well. So he's gonna bat flip and talk shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I think I think he's gonna do some of that. The the question though is like Baltimore small market team, you know, how 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 much of an upside does he have from that standpoint? I mean, yeah, he's in he's in Baltimore. I mean, Bryce Harper was in DC. Yeah, I guess DC. I mean, I guess that's that's fair. Wander Franco. I, I mean, guess I guess yeah, Franco's maybe not getting so much hype because he's in Tampa, but. And the advantage of having that small market team is being the face of the organization right away because there's who else is there? You know, Cedric <laughs> Mullins. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mount Castle, I guess, but he's been in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, anyways, Nick, uh, what are we showing for the lines for this game? So lines in this game, we've got the Orioles sitting at plus 120 on the money line, Braves at minus 140, uh, over under sitting at eight and a half. Okay. So something interesting with this game, uh, another young prospect to talk about, uh, is Kyle Bradish. And he's on the mound, and I'm actually a big fan of this guy, Nick. And I want to make the comparison to how we felt felt about Scooble last year. Uh, I know they're different type of pitchers, uh, different profiles, but I really like this guy, Nick. I think he's going to be in the league for many years. He has a nice set of pitches, uh, pretty good whiff rate. And, you know, last start against the Yankees, he was pitching pretty well. He got out of a, a jam. And then I forget who hit the home run, but it was a kind of a fluke home run. It was like um, six inches above the plate, maybe a little higher, and it was kind of like a, a hack swing, and it it went over the fence. And, you know, he kind of pitched it to where it needed to be, like, you know, when the pitcher or the catcher is, is you know, saying get it up out, out of the zone. It was like a one-two count, I believe. Um but overall, I'm I'm very impressed with Bradish. I think he's got some nasty stuff. Uh, I actually grabbed the Orioles money line last night at plus 150, and it's moved quite a bit. And I I think we know why it's moved, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's definitely moved because the uh, the news that Rutschman was getting called up broke like late last night slash this morning. Mm-hmm. So I mean did. I'm assuming when you placed that bet that you didn't know that Rushman was getting called up. No, no. And I actually think the news didn't break, and it was only like an hour ago. So maybe Vegas had some news or caught wind of it earlier. But now I'm just kind of like, well, the value might have just kind of shifted, in my opinion, to the Rays. Uh, Peter, what do you think? Um, For this game... I was looking at uh, Ray's first five money line. So we're looking at Kyle Bradish. I know you said you're a fan of him. Um, he's got a 5.06 ERA. Expected ERA is close to four. Uh, the problem I have with him is he throws a forcing fastball over 50% of the time. Um, and I think you can see that in his hard hit rate, which is a 41.4% uh, percent hard hit rate. He throws that fastball, and then he follows it up with that slider. Uh, he's got some good movement on it. Um, the thing here I like is uh, Springs. Uh, Jeffrey Springs for... For the Rays, he has pitched. Um, he's kind of like a starter, but they were starting to stretch him out a little bit. Um, he's only allowed more than one run uh, this season, and that was against the Angels. And uh, Shohei Otani, we know how good um, their run producers are. Uh, he hasn't gone more than four innings, um, but like I said, he's performed well in his outings. Um, and he allowed no runs against Toronto and Oakland, um, and that was in his last three starts. Um, again, with the Angels one in there as well. So I think he handles his business. Uh, for at least that first five innings um, to get uh, the Rays money line, and it's at minus one thirty. So I just, I just like that. I, I, I like that a lot. I was, I was thinking. So I actually, I picked up uh, Beaks to start today in uh, in my fantasy baseball league. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm expecting five good innings from him. Uh, I, I do think that I'm going to take the uh, the Rays full game money line here. Uh, as opposed to the first five, just because I like the uh, I like the Rays bullpen as well. 
but I, I, I'm kind of with Ben. I think that the value is is on the race here with this uh, with the Rushman news and the line move that we've seen because of that. And it's springs, right? Not oh yes, yeah. yeah, springs, not beats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how deep will springs go though? Five, four innings, or yeah, yeah four, or four innings, or a little bit more. Okay, um, so he hasn't gone more. He hasn't gone. I think if four and two thirds was his longest, but each outing he's gone longer and longer. So they're kind of like mm -hmm. stretching him out. Also, how do you guys approach a game like this, uh, where we had a last night game go thirteen innings and a lot of arms were used? How, how do you guys approach that? A lot of coffee. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the players, Nick. Right. How, how yeah. How do you, Nick, when you look at that, like, what what is your thought process as far as the total, which is at eight and a half, which in my opinion seems a maybe a point five of a run high. Yeah, I I mean, I it's it's something where you might see uh, the obvious implication is that you might see the starters go a little longer than usual. Yeah, if if the teams are are feeling concerned about how how many innings of work they have available to them in the pen. But I, I think that with these guys both being young guys, Springs has been very consistent with his with his usage, Bradish, I think in in much the same boat. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think it's gonna make a whole lot of impact. And mm -hmm. also teams teams are carrying so many arms in the bullpens these days that I don't think that one long game and long, long being air quotes only, but only thirteen innings. I don't think it's something that's that's going to have a huge trickle down effect. Gotcha. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the the Orioles, I guess, if you're looking at X fit, they've been a little better. I mean, it's it's marginally than the Rays, but their bullpen has been pretty decent. And one thing I want to say about the Orioles. They were projected to win 62.5 wins this year. Yeah. I think they're going to go over that number. And I actually think this team, with Montcastle Mont healthy and the way they've been pitching, I think they're close to – this is maybe a hot take. I think they're close to a 500 baseball team. Now, the problem, though, is who they play in their division. But, I mean, they got some young guys coming up. Their bullpen's been solid. It's, yeah, I'm a little. I'm honestly a little surprised how decent the Orioles have been playing. First expectations. Yeah, I mean they have so many pitchers, both in the rotation and in the pen, who were overperforming where they were at last year and with what their expectations were coming into the season. It's it's still early. It's been mm -hmm. a good month and a half from from the Orioles' arms. But if if the option is either they continue to pitch like this or they regress to close to where they were last year, I, I, I think that there's some regression inbound. I, I, I think they just can't across the board keep pitching as well as they have been. Yeah, and maybe that's fair. I guess the upside, though, is, you know, you have a young pitcher like Bradish, and then you also have Montcastle, who's missed some games as of late, and then you have... Um, Rushman coming in, so yeah. So I, I mean, I will, I will say with Rushman, he's he's gonna be great. I I think that there's no, there's no doubt about that. But catching young catchers typically take 
quite a while to adjust to the bigs. No matter defensively how defensively too. Uh on, on both sides of the plate. And and Rutschman is a is a great defender. That's so here, let, let me actually read. So for anybody who who is unfamiliar with uh Adley Rutschman, he was the first overall pick in the draft back in twenty nineteen. Uh, signed for what was at the time, uh, I believe, the highest signing bonus an MLB draft pick had ever received. And it's not like the NBA or the NFL where they have slot bonuses. It's kind of like the NFL used to be, where where you can just kind of pay the guy whatever. Um, he is... The, the TLDR on his scouting report on Fangrass says, a superlative defender at a premium position. Rutschman is also a fairly polished switch hitter with power as well as being an intense, charismatic team leader. Uh, it says he's a complete franchise-altering prospect and one of the most exciting young players in the entire sport. His bat alone would probably make him an all-star at any position, but adding on plus defense behind the plate is is just nuts. Uh, but so so he's going to be good. But catchers do take a while to warm up to the. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about the Orioles too is they have a uh, Ben Boom, and then is it Trinos? And they've been batting pretty pretty bad this year. And I've been following some Oriole beat writers, and there has been so many situations where they had guys on base, and then it, it came to those two. And I mean. Karinos is batting under 200, so I assume that he's going to be bottom of the lineup, or do, do they kind of play around with him and maybe put him fifth or sixth hole, Nick? What do you think? Uh, I have no clue. I, there's only projected lineups right now, but they have him fifth. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It will. Uh, so chat likes the Orioles here, buying into the hype. Uh, at plus 120. Ben, what is your what is your actual lean going to be? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with, man. This is a tough one. Um, I think I have to go with, uh, I already locked in the, I guess I could go with the Rays at minus 124. It's a little bit of a um, arbitrage, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you can get, well, is it arb? Yeah, it, oh, that's definitely arb. Yeah, because I have it at plus. I I got Orioles last night at plus one forty. Nice. So I guess. Yeah. I guess raise. Guess raise. <laughs> it's yeah. The first time I've done. I just want to be clear because people are going to be like, wait. Why? Why is this locked in on bet stamp, and this is different? But yeah, I mean, and this is why this is why judging value is important, right? It's not it's not about identifying which team is the better team. Mm-hmm. It's about identifying where can you put your money at a certain line and expect to make more money back. Mm-hmm. And Nick, I'm showing minus one twenty four on Fanduel. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping up the minus one forty for the race just on the graphic on here. I have minus one twenty four locked in over okay. on bet stamp. Okay. I just want to keep things consistent with the poll, yeah, for and sure. with the with the graphics. Just lines from a from a certain moment in time. On a Peter, have moment. you ran into anything like that where you placed a bet like the night before, and then you wake up and you could potentially, you know, you guarantee yourself some profit? Do you ever look at that, or does it just if it happens, it happens, or maybe none of the above? 
Yeah, I it usually not typically doesn't happen to me like that. It's exciting though when I mean I imagine that's that's a good feeling, right? Yeah, you know the only thing though is like, let's say you put a unit down on one side and then a unit on the other. You'll I mean you're guaranteed to win. You know what, like point two nick something like that. Yeah, it but depends. But profits profit, but you know yeah, you don't go don't go broke making a profit. That's for sure. Uh, all right, so I'm excited if, uh, for this game. I love I love prospects. So I guess I'll, one last thing that I'll say about Rushman it's 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 really rare to see catching prospects is highly regarded. I, th- I was gonna say, what was the last time we saw a catching prospect this regard? Would that be Buster Posey? Uh, I think Matt Weeders. Oh, okay. Is, Who's is, also came up with them, right? Yeah, also came up with the Orioles. Uh, so I think I think you're looking at at Weeders and Posey and Joe Maurer as, yeah, Joe Maurer as like the last super highly regarded catching prospects like this. I think that Maurer was the last one who went number one overall in the draft. Carson Kelly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... Trying to pull some stuff out. Yeah, and I mean, and and that's that's kind of like a a good comparison for the comp wise, right? Like, it's rare to see a good catching prospect, and we've got two Hall of Famers, like surefire first ballot Hall of Famers, and Buster Posey and Joe Maurer, and a guy who didn't quite live up to expectations in Matt Weeders, but I mean, was still a, a four time yeah. All Star, and yeah, and played that's, that's ten, twelve really excellent years in the majors. Yeah, which is rare for a catcher, right? I mm-hmm. mean. You don't you don't see those guys go deep, and I think the biggest reason is um, just the strain it puts on you, right? Yeah, yeah. Ca- a lot of catchers struggle with leg injuries. Yeah, but with this universal DH, I think we're going to see less and less of that now, right? I, I yeah, I, I do think so. So a guy like um, Salvador Perez, I mean, he he's a guy who I don't, I'm, I'm spacing on who, who their backup catcher is, but he's not. I mean, so the Royals actually have, I think, the number, maybe number three. If if Henry Davis, well, no, I guess there's a lot of good like lower level catchers, but, uh, yeah, but M- MJ, MJ Melendez at at catcher for the Royals, who is a top thirty prospect in the league in his own right. But yeah, that's see, just prob- this year. The problem though is like Salvador Perez is so good defensively that, I mean, he help he helps out the pitchers so much so it's it's tough to just take him out of that position but if it came down to a spot where he's like yo i only can catch x amount of games a year then they can put him in the dh for sure mm-hmm. yeah so i think I, that'll definitely help the uh the catcher longevity across the board i guess he's been a dh he could be a dh because for years because he's in the al but yeah point point still taken mm-hmm. uh all right so are we ready to hop in to the next category? Yes. Also, I see people asking for pick of the day and best lay piece. Um, <laughs> so the, the final category, the walk-off, is our favorite bets of the day. So when it's time for that, we will get there. Uh, so here is category number four. The hype train. Come on, motherfuckers, come on. Release the brainstorm to make your motherfucking brain warm. A strange form, something kind of lyrical. Biggie the bastard, so that's kind of spiritual. Well, in God we trust, guns are bust. And no, that's not a mistake. We have the hype train twice today. Uh, so category number four, once again, is the hype train. And uh, Nash Thomas, you're all good. Welcome. Welcome to the stream. Appreciate you being here. 
Uh, so category number four is the hype train because we have not one, but two top 100 prospects debuting today. Uh, so we just talked about Adley Rutschman and we have Matthew Liberatore making his debut on the mound today for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, so a little bit about him. Let me go to his scouting report real quick. Uh, so he was a first-round pick out of high school, uh, out of Mountain Ridge High School, somewhere in Arizona, back in 2018. Uh, he's a lefty, 6'4". Doesn't have a crazy fastball, but has uh, some excellent breaking pitches. He's got a huge curveball. Uh, there's another guy on the cards who has a pretty nice curveball. So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, if they get along with each other. Uh, also got a nice slider. So what I think, uh, well, I guess I guess we'll I'll come back to that. Uh, so lines in this game, uh, we're looking at about a minus one forty five for Libertore and the Cardinals, uh, plus one twenty five for the Pirates. Total sitting at eight and a half. So I guess first off, before we talk too much about Libertore and and some comparisons that I want to make for him. Uh, do either of you have any any thoughts on this game? Peter, you can um, start. Yeah, I do, and I think Ben mentioned it earlier, and it's the fact that Cardinals mash lefties. Um, from what I saw, I don't. I know you said they were they were first, but I see uh, they're second in MLB for best OPS against lefties, uh, and then Pirates are bottom ten uh, when it comes to uh, that same same statistic, uh, and then Pirates bottom five in OPS ranking, bottom five bullpen. Um, they issue their ver uh, fair share of walks as well. So when I see that, um, you know, you're putting guys on the base. You got Goldschmidt. You got Edmund. You got Nolan Arenado. These guys are going to be knocking around. Um, I, if you're putting them on base, it's um, I think it's a very good price for a team who has an advantage in every statistical category. I don't care um, if there is a, you know, a rookie on the bump, what have you, I think that Cardinals money line, I got them at minus 145 and I thought that was in incredibly fair. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you on that. The only thing that does scare me is Quintana has been solid this year. Um, mm. He's the one guy in that rotation for the pirates that I think I can trust obviously more than anyone. Um, I'm trying to look back at Nick. Maybe you could find this for me or Peter, if you know. In mm. that Dodgers game, I think he only gave up a few, right? Or maybe he had he only gave one... up two hits, no runs. No, two hits, no runs. He he hasn't given up a run in either of his last two starts. Wow! And correct me if I'm wrong. I I think the the Dodgers hit lefties pretty well too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. No, that's. That's just one game. It doesn't take away the, the point because I think the thing with the Cardinals that is a little different than the Dodgers at the plate is the Dodgers, I mean, the Dodgers are hitting well <laughs> no matter who is uh, um, lefty or righty on the bump. So the thing with the Cardinals, though, is I feel like they understand that they have a completely different approach against lefties because I think the on-base percentage, like you said, Peter, guys like Goldschmidt, I mean, they're pitching around him, so to speak, and then it just gives an opportunity for some of the guys later in the lineup to have some success. Like, haters starting to come around, uh, mm. you know, Nolan. So I kind of like wh where you're going with this. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the over 
I like the over because I think the Cardinals had um, Gallegos, I think his name is. Uh, yes. He pitched. Great job for them. Yeah, he pitched two last night, so two innings. So I don't think they'll have him. Uh, they could have Helsley who could pitch two. But I think that this is a game where um, Libertor could only go maybe three or four. It's hard to say. And I think the Pirates can put up some runs in this one. So, Nick, before you lock that in, I just want to look at the the Pirates team total real quick. But you can go and give your take with this one. Yeah, so I just want to first give a rundown of all of the top 100 pitching prospects who have debuted so far this year. And what they've done. So we saw George Kirby, who is the highest rated prospect who has gone so far. Uh, he went six shutout innings, struck out seven guys in his big league debut. Uh, Hunter Green, second highest rated prospect, uh, went five innings, struck out seven, gave up four hits, three earned. Uh, we saw Nick Lodolo for the Reds, uh, lefty, go four innings, give up five runs, strike out four. And I think Lidolo, of all of these guys, is actually the best comparison for Libertore as kind of as a, as a lefty first and foremost, and then a lefty who is, uh, I guess, a pitchability lefty, as opposed to a dude with nasty, nasty stuff, like a lot of these other guys are. Uh, three other guys who have debuted as top hundred prospects this year. We saw Matt Brash, uh, who definitely had his ups and downs in his time, uh, but had a great first start. Uh, went 5.1, struck out six, gave up two runs. Uh, we have Mackenzie Gore, who's pitching extremely well for the Padres this year. He went 5.1, struck out three, gave up two runs in his first start. And uh, Josh Winder on the Minnesota Twins is the other guy who's debuted this year. He also went 5.1, gave up two runs, struck out a guy. So we're pretty consistently seeing these these highly rated rookie pitchers going five innings. I, I, I think that Libertore is good for five innings today, probably not a lot more. It probably won't go less unless he gets really lit up. Uh, but we also see pretty consistently like two runs, three runs. Lodolo gave up five. Kirby didn't give up any. Uh, but I think Lodolo's the best comp for uh, for Liberatore, like I was saying. So I, I kind of like the Pirates to have a little bit more success than people are thinking against him. And I also like the fact that, uh, like you said, Gallegos went two innings yesterday. So we shouldn't expect to see him today. He was nasty. He had five strikeouts and two. Um, I was on the over in that. I pushed, but man, that that probably should have gone over. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm going to take a Pirates team total over three and a half. Kind of just avoid having to handicap whether the Cardinals are going to continue to hit lefties, whether they have against a lefty who's been pitching really well in Quintana. And just trust that, that Libertor is going to have a bad inning out there. Uh, and then he'll maybe give up three. We'll get a run against the pen. Give me the Pirates team total over three and a half. That's what I want today. We can all, we can all agree, though, that Jose Quintana isn't who he is his last couple starts, right? Probably. Yeah. He's been, he's been I, good all year, which is like very un-Jose Quintana-like. Right. <laughs> I mean, you you got to watch him with the Cubs for a couple of years, and you can't yeah, be happy with what me. you saw. 
No, no, and that's the thing is that I that anytime I see someone pitching like this, that that meme comes to my mind. You know, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. It's like I I see I see what you've done these last couple starts, but that's that's just not who you are. That's not what your career has been, and that's great that you're having some success, but. I don't know, especially in a in an inner division game like a, like a Pirates and the Cardinals or the Cubs, um, when there's a, so much familiarity between these teams that have played each other so often. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the full game over at eight and a half, Nick, on Bet MGM. Minus right. one twenty. Actually, minus one fifteen. I'm gonna go full game. All right. Just thinking Pirates team total, but I just think Quintana's gonna give up a few. And if we can get the Pirates bullpen for a few innings, I, I like my chances there. Yeah, uh, this will be a, this will be an interesting one for sure. Uh, just to see see what happens. I always like watching watching these new guys. It could be the, the face of the league for the next decade, or it could be yeah. somebody that we get to watch pitch five times and then never see again. If you look at Quintana's splits on or his ranking, percentile rankings on Baseball Savant, you would think he has an ERA of, like, five. <laughs> but it, I guess his expected ERA, 4.5, and his current is 2.1. So this could I, I could see this being a game where things kind of catch up to him. But we'll have to see because, again, he had a pretty damn good outing against the Dodgers. So... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's had a lot of Reds. good outings. Yeah, and the Reds. I guess the Reds was the most recent. For some reason, I was thinking that the Dodgers was, but no, the Reds, he gave up zero earned, only three hits. So only five hits in his last 13. I mean, he's given up nine earned runs in seven starts this year. Yeah. Uh, Pirates rank fourth for most walks um, given. Um, yeah, he had, man... This is going to be yeah, this is going to be a really interesting game. Yeah, so uh so the chat uh is on the Cardinals here as well. Uh trusting Liberatore fading Quintana. Uh 80% of the votes in this poll came in on the Cardinals money line. So it is a uh, definitely 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 everyone likes the Cardinals here. Mhm. Uh, so, are we ready to hop along into the last category? Favorite bets of the day? Yes. Uh, all right. So, uh, before I play the video clip, what I need to do is I need to see uh, what chat is on so I can make a poll for chat's favorite play of the day. Uh, so, chat, let me know what you're on. Uh, if you like a money line, a run line, a team total, a game total, a nerfy, a yerfy, whatever it is that you like, let me know. Give me the pick. And give me the price that you have to pay for the pick. Is it a minus 110? Is it a plus 200? Uh, let me know. If I don't get the price, it's not going in the poll because I can't go look everything up. Uh, so here is the video clip. The walk-off. The 1-1 pitch. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal! And let's see what we've got. Uh, so Nasradamus is Astros minus two and a half. Uh, what is the what is the price on the Astros? Uh, so we've got Cubs D backs under seven and a half. Curious, Peter, what your thoughts on that are? 
Um, I usually have a rule where I don't like to bet on the Cubs. I'll break it sometimes, especially when they're the first game of the day and I want some action when they got those 120 starts. But um, I was looking at Justin Steele over 4.5 Ks today. That's plus 100. Um, I did like that. Um, backs ranked third most strikeouts in um, MLB. They don't hit lefties as well as righties. Justin Steele, 9.32 Ks per nine. Um, and last time he faced them on Sunday, he got 10 Ks. So four and a half, I think that's uh, very manageable for, uh, I think, an underrated Justin Steele, especially when they exploded for all those runs yesterday. Wind's blowing in at about eight miles per hour today, so it's going to be a different ball game. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that that number is where it's at. I guess the market's kind of saying like, hey, that was that was an outlier, but I, I like that. I, th- I thought it would be closer to like five and a half. Hmm. At plus 102, which is yeah. okay. Interesting. Prop, prop market is is interesting. It, it it it's a little different than how you have to look at like a, you know, sides and totals. I would say the way they set mm-hmm. some of these numbers. Mm-hmm. So poll is up. We've got the uh, that under in the Cubs Ebacks game. We have the Red Sox minus one and a half at plus 125. The Astros minus two and a half. At plus 125, the Brewers minus one and a half. A lot of run lines today from the chat uh, at minus 105. And the over in the Yankees-White Sox game at minus 115. So one of those five will be chat's favorite play. Uh, But Peter, what is your favorite bet on today's slate? Um, I'm going to the uh, Phillies game tonight. They're playing the Dodgers. Um, If you can get over seven and a half total drinks for me, I would take that over. Definitely gonna <laughs> we, hit. Yeah, we don't we don't really like to throw the word lock around. Like, there's not many locks in sports betting, but that one, yeah. that's a lock. I'm gonna yeah try and go get some content. I was contemplating trying to do a nine 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 beers, nine hot dogs, nine innings. Uh, it's gonna be 95 degrees today, so I don't think it's the best day to do <laughs> it's a that. Lot. Four four nights. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, what I like today, um, I am looking at uh, the Reds and Blue Jays game. Um, I am looking at Blue Jays' first five, minus one. Um, so I like that at minus 115. Hunter Green, he's got a 42.7 hard hit percentage. His expected slug is 500. He's walking batters at a 13% clip. Um, his most impressive start was against the Pirates. So that really didn't um, impress me too much. We got Alec Manoa. We know what Alec Manoa does. He is shoving in his sophomore year campaign. Um, less than 30% hard hit rate. Um, his expected slug is like 321. And he's only walking batters at a 5.5 percent clip which is um shows that he's got a lot of control over his pitches he's also not allowed more than two runs in any of his five starts um blue jays are scoring early um especially in their series against the mariners so i'm looking for them to get up a little bit early with hunter green having a little bit of control issue um scratch across two runs um before that uh, end of the fifth and i think manoa holds his end of the deal and uh, that's what i like yeah so one more time what was the uh what was the bet? That'll be Blue Jays' first five, and that's at minus one. Uh, that's going to be minus 115. All right. Uh, hopefully I can lock that in. Okay, we're good. Uh, so, Ben, what do you like? I am going to go with something in the Orioles game, and I'm going to go with Kyle Bradish over four and a half Ks. And that is sitting at plus 110 on FanDuel. 
So we're getting plus money. Um, I like this guy's stuff, and I think he's going to have some success against the Rays. They have a, a somewhat of a high strikeout rate against righties. Um, you know, Bradish has a pretty decent slider. Um, his uh, whiff rate has been increasing. And uh, just looking at some stats, um, the Rays, they actually rank near the top in um, whiff percentage. So could be a lot of opportunities. Uh, it's going to be a lot of 2-2, two, 3-2 two, two counts, I think, in this game, especially with Bradish. We saw this with the Yankees, too. Uh, it's going to come down to those those pitches in those 3-2-2 two, two, two counts, and I'm just going to go with him to produce some swing and misses in those situations, and I think he can get over 4.5. And, a half. and I, I like the plus money. I would actually price this at minus 110, personally, at 4.5. All right. Uh, it's not on bet stamp. Okay. So um, I... We'll hopefully, be, hopefully they add it. I'll have what time to does this game start? track it throughout the day. Uh, it starts at five, so maybe they'll they'll add it on bet stamp. Yeah, later. But yeah, that's going to be my play, and I think that number may move. I really do. Yeah. So you're, you whatever whatever shows up on bet stamp is what's getting locked in for you. Okay. Um, just FYI, so you have to be okay with that. Okay, as long as it's not like minus five hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so for me, uh, I like the Boston Red Sox today. They were my pick of the day yesterday. Uh, they beat up the Mariners 9-4, to I think it was, unless the Mariners scored a couple late. Uh, and I, I think that they're going to get the job done again today. Uh, so we've got Garrett Whitlock on the mound, who is a guy that I'm a big fan of. Uh, his stuff looks really good. He's not, he's not going super, super deep in, into games. But I don't think I don't think they need him to. Uh, this the Sox bullpen has been a little bit better recently. They were uh, very inconsistent at the start of the year, but they've uh, again they've been better as of late. Not blowing big leads, uh, not blowing small leads either. And Chris Flexen on the mound for the Mariners is just not a guy I've really ever been a fan of. And I think that his weakness, his strengths and weaknesses versus the Red Sox strengths and weaknesses, I think it really plays into the hands of the Sox. So, uh, so Flexen is a guy who pitches to a lot of contact. Uh, he doesn't really strike out a lot of hitters. I mean, he struck out 29 hitters in 39 innings this year. And, and I think that that K rate is actually a little bit high for, for him. I mean, especially compared to where he's been over the course of his career. Um, so I think, I think with, a, with this Sox lineup that just has so many guys who can put the bat on the ball, they're going to score against Flexen. They're going to score against this Mariners bullpen. And I trust Whitlock, and I trust the Sox bullpen to get the job done on their end of things. So give me the Red Sox money line at uh, minus 155. That's my as Trevor my Story. Yeah, Trevor Story. So, Peter, so, this is funny. We did a, a preseason uh, award show, and we were basically predicting who we would have to win Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. Actually, we didn't do Rookie of the Year, but we did um, MVP. And I gave out Trevor's story at 100 to 1. So, you know, long shot, right? Mm-hmm. So the first month, I'm like, this is this is an absolutely terrible play. But now, I think his WRC plus like jumped up 
insane. <laughs> just like yeah. like 40 points. Three, I think. three home runs in a game will do that. Yeah, and he's had 11 RBIs, I think, in two games. It's in, in, insane. So Yeah, grand slam yesterday. Yeah, that, um, that ballpark produces a lot of, you know, for runs and um, got off to a little bit of a slow start. But um, I think it's going to be interesting to see um, with the Red Sox, too, what's going to happen with uh, Xander Bogarts and what they end up deciding to do with him. Um, I think that's yeah. going to play a role in the production for Story as well later, um, kind of depending on what, what uh, shakes out. Yeah, for sure. So poll results are in from the chat, uh, and it was a close one, uh, but chat's favorite play of the day is the Brewers uh, at minus one and a half, minus 105 against the Washington Nationals, the fade Patrick Corbin train <laughs> in full effect. Mm-hmm. Man, he is, he is so hot and cold, man. Yeah, I, I will say that's kind of sketchy with Brandon Woodruff on the mound. I'm a big Brandon Woodruff fan, but man, I don't know what's up with him this year. Yeah. He's just so, I mean, hit or miss with with a little bit more miss than hit. Both of these pitchers, man. Well, I mean, Corbin's been washed. I know, but then he, I guess he's only had one outing. Well, yeah, he, Corbin, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This is all, all three of them started out really rough when they, they started out that series with the Cubs. Uh, Burns, Peralta, Woodruff, mm-hmm. all three of them. I was like, I don't know. You're like Cubs World Series? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, man, if I'm looking at that game, I would look at some like alt runs to some extent. Like, there's just so much variance with these guys, like especially Woodruff. I mean, I don't know. Just something to consider because, yeah, Woodruff at this point, like it's been, is it three starts, Nick, we would say, that have been pretty bad? Well, his his last one was good. Yeah. He went he went five innings at Miami, struck out I'm six, only gave up one earned run on a, on a solo or on a, on a home run. But he's he's had a game where he gave up seven against the Cubs, he gave up four against the Pirates, and he gave up eight total across two starts against the Reds. I mean, none of those teams are all that intimidating at the plate, and and those are those are bad performances. Yeah, he's only had one quality start. Yeah, I mean, part of that's just because he doesn't go super deep. I mean, he yeah. really only, barely ever went six last year. Yeah, I guess that's true. But man. Interesting. Yeah. Nationals, man. It seems like they every every game. I feel like they are gonna put up more runs, and they don't. They're just they got Soto, and then other guys are just so inconsistent. That's the game plan too, right? Just walk Soto. I think that's why he's got the most walks in the league, and then yeah. just pitch to everyone else. How many RBIs does he have compared to home runs? Well, so let's look. I guess it's eight and eleven. So eight home runs and eleven RBIs. <laughs> so that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder how many of those were solo shots. I think I, I mean, something <laughs> at least. I mean, it's a it's a guarantee at that least at least seven. five of them were solo shots. Yeah, I think it's seven. And one of them was a 
No, because that would be one of them was a grand slam. Or no, three run shot. But either way, I mean, that's... It's like, put someone above him who can get on base, you know? It's easier said than done. <laughs> right. Uh, so, couple questions from the chat. Yankees money line or Yankees team total? I don't care about value. So, value is very important in sports betting. So, he said later on, building a, a small two-teamer. I think if you if you want the uh, just like a lay piece, maybe just take the money line for the Yankees. I mean, Peter and I and the chat all liked the minus one and a half. So, I mean, obviously the, the money line is more likely to hit than the minus one and a half is. So... Yeah, I mean, val well, value still matters in parlays. I understand that people just want to maximize the chance of hitting the parlay. But if uh, you're trying to, over the long run, make the most money, the value is still very important. But if you if you just want a, a air quotes lay piece, I would I would just say the money line. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any props that you like today? I know... Um... I know you mentioned uh, that Bradish strikeout you really liked. Um, Nick, did you have any uh, props that you liked today? I haven't really taken a look through the prop market yet. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious. I'm going to go take a look at the model and see who it has striking out the most people today. And that guy usually strikes out a lot of guys. Uh, Justin Verlander at uh, about 8.2 strikeouts. I'm curious what his number is at. Against the ooh, against the Rangers, that could be a, that could be nuts. Nice. That's got to be high. Furlander's got to be, be half. Yeah. Especially that could be a good spot though because the Rangers coming off a win. Um, what's his face went? Martin Perez went full. Yeah. Game. I was not expecting that. That was that was crazy. Martin. See, that was Martin a guy Perez. I thought was going to regress, Peter, but I was dead wrong. So I'm. So I'm seeing Justin Verlander six and a half strikeouts. It's got to be like on, minus one forty, minus one fifty, right? Mi minus one thirty. Minus one thirty. This is on this is on DraftKings, yeah. So I mean, that's probably a. I I would think that that's a good look. Mm. I'd, I'd I'd want to look into it a little, a little bit more, uh, but Verlander and Carlos Rodon are the two guys that the model has uh, striking out a ton of a ton of dudes today, both both in like the eight point one strikeout range mm -hmm. although i've seen rodan he put out you know 12 strikeouts twice already um which was really impressive and then obviously verlander is pitching to his cy young form after coming back from surgery at 39 years old he's been incredibly impressive from from uh this this point on rodan is a guy who he'll go one inning without a strikeout, and then you're like, oh, shit, this isn't on pace. And then the next inning, he'll strike out the side. Uh -huh. And you're like, oh, sweet, we're, we're, we're back on pace. So, Also, you know the Nationals, who they needed for that guy to get on base? Trey Turner. <laughs> yeah. That's, that that might have helped. Yeah, Imagine well, if they had Trey Turner right now. I mean, they would be a completely different team. But that's that's the Dodgers for you. They're going to they're gonna get those guys. Yeah, and I mean you can't be unhappy with 
six years of Josiah Gray and six years of Kiebert Ruiz. Yeah. They, they'll figure it out, hopefully, unless they yeah, get rid of Soto. I mean, that, like, that's what you have to do, right? That's how you have to rebuild a team. You yeah, If, if you just sit pitching. and win 80 games every year, it, it doesn't it doesn't work like, like you Rockies? need to yeah like like the Rockies exactly yeah it's the ba- baseball is so much about just asset management as far as as years of control on players and then and then you can splurge on on a big salary or two mm-hmm. like they'll need to with Juan Soto coming up pretty soon uh but go ahead Peter I was just gonna say I think their front office, um, Mike Rizzo. I think he's in a contract year as well, so that front office might be looking a little different as well. And you wonder how much that's gonna factor into if Soto stays, where he goes, all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a lot of stuff going on um, in Washington. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're also looking into, but the the learners are potentially looking into selling the team. Yeah, weird, weird times for that organization, and they're probably going to be sellers, too, at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, what do they have to sell? Mm. Patrick Corbin? Josh Bell. I mean, yeah, Josh, Josh Bell. Josh Bell, but I don't... Probably not Soto. No. Definitely not Soto. Yeah, Yadiel Hernandez. If Soto, then the whole organization would be... <laughs> go down the drain at that point i mean not yet there's a so peter i'm a nationals fan by the way oh okay so i mean but when when soto's contract is is getting to the point of being up i mean they very well could move him especially if a less wealthy ownership group takes over yeah Mm -hmm. i mean at that point in time nick he might have the highest contract we've ever seen in baseball i would say yeah i think i think he will yeah. I mean, I deserve so. Yeah, he's yeah. he's under team control through 2025. I think that's when his arbitration ends. So it, it's not he's not going to get shipped out this year. He's not going to get shipped out next year. <clears throat> I mean, Nolan was in a similar situation in D- Denver. No, Nolan Nolan was already like on a or like his his arb was up. I guess it was something odd like that because we had to pay. Yeah, because he was like already under a big contract yeah. that you need to pay somebody to take off your hands not that he's not necessarily worth that contract but like you don't you don't get any kind of quality prospects in return giving away somebody who's being paid at or above market value that's like a a neutral or a negative asset Mm -hmm. you guys want to feel old Juan Soto is 23 years old yeah That's crazy. Every time I hear that, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Let's talk about Rich Hill to make me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Who's the oldest yeah. Who's the oldest player right now? It's Rich Hill's got to be up there, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of that Rockies pitcher like Pujols five years ago. Also is, is ancient. Rockies had a pitcher who was like 46, closer. I'm spacing his name. I, I mean, I was like, oldest, yeah, oldest player in recent times was Jamie Moyer. Oh, that for the twins for a lot of, for a lot of different teams. yeah he, he played i think he's played for, for 10 teams maybe i remember him with the mariners mm-hmm. i think julio franco was still playing in another league at like 46 or 47 years old <laughs> yeah he he was in the bigs until like 44 or something right mm-hmm. 
It's always crazy. Players who who can play that long and still be competent. Especially pitchers. You just feel like their arm's going to fall off. Like Rich Hill's out there just grunting and like, <laughs> yo. But props to them. Yeah, props to them. That's a lot of... A lot of interesting guys like like why rich hill there's like such a random pitcher to be good because he, he like sucked and was like i don't even think playing in the bigs for a couple years like his career was looking like it was done Mm-hmm. yeah and he's had kind of a resurgence these guys reinvent themselves i guess granky i guess granky isn't in his 40s but Rich Hill debuted back in 2005 for the Cubs. Wow. That's crazy. Is that is that like the same staff that had Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor? Or were they yeah. just like a little earlier than that? 2005, yeah. Um, Zambrano would be there. Mark Pryor. Um, I don't know. Kerry Wood, I don't, Kerry Wood, I don't think, was 2005 his i think he came in what in 95 maybe um and then that big strikeout game was what 2000 something like that yeah uh carrie carrie wood was on the cubs in 2005 was yeah okay. wow he left he left the cubs in for the first time in 2008 but that that shows you how old rich hill is how long he's been playing mm -hmm. yeah he de he debuted with like late stage Mark Pryor and end of prime Kerry Wood. Uh, I was thinking of Latroy Hawkins. Latroy Hawkins. He was like forty something when he was pitching for the Rockies. Last year was twenty fourteen. He's forty nine now, so I guess it was forty three. My math is right, but forty one. Bartolo Colon, he's also he's forty eight years old now. He's just recently removed from the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. You don't see it a lot. Alrighty, it looks like this uh, White Sox game is about to have first pitch it's gonna be interesting to see cortez i i actually think he is liable to give up some runs today i really do yeah we'll, we'll have we'll have to see i mean it's uh definitely gonna be a battle and i, I i'm kind of with peter with the weak lineup that the white Sox put out might mitigate some of those just like team level mm -hmm. splits right if it's not the guys who are putting up those numbers who are playing it doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot yeah that's mm -hmm. a good point uh, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the stream. Uh, a couple housekeeping things. Uh, first, be sure to go hop in our Discord server if you are not already there. And naturally, the chatbot, I just realized, is not working. I need to go relink it. Uh, so let me go grab manually a uh, link to the Discord. There it is. Uh, be sure to hop in there. We've got over... 2,000 people at this point uh, talking baseball now that it's baseball season, getting ready to talk some football, talking NBA, talking NHL, talking the Preakness, which I believe is this weekend. I don't think that 
horse that won is even racing. No, the guy who won the uh, Kentucky Derby is not even racing in the Preakness. Uh, also, excellent question in the chat. What is Peter's Twitter? It is at Sheffield Shuff. At Sheffield Shuff, the Sheffield Shuffler. Couldn't uh, handle a... all my characters, so I had to uh, cut it off. Yeah, there is a, is a link to the Twitter in the chat. Be sure to go drop a follow for Peter. I love it when people have like too many characters in their name. There's, there's another guy. I don't, he, there's like a small chance he's lurking. Uh, his name is The Gambling Corner, but his uh, Twitter handle is just The Gambling Corn. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so I always I, I tell him that he needs to make his profile picture just like a kernel of corn. Yeah. Uh, also, Peter, I know that you guys stream um, throughout the week on Twitch. Mm -hmm. uh, how many days a week do you guys stream baseball? I go um, three days a week. I, I typically try to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 11 a.m. Um, and I do that by myself. So I'm always looking for people to jump on the stream. But um, yeah, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. Um, you know, it usually runs only probably like 15 minutes. I take some questions and, and then that's about it. Yeah. And what's the uh, name of the Twitch channel? I'll grab a link and throw it in the chat. It's um, it's from We Bet Media. Um, it's okay. on their Twitch channel, um, and my show is called Daily Dingers. All right, yeah. So everybody, go drop a follow on WeBet. They do it. They do a bunch of different, bunch yeah, of different JJ's content things. There. Yeah, JJ's on there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so go drop them a follow as well. Be sure to tune into Peter's show over there. I'll have to check it out. Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, time to go watch some ball. So thank you. Peter, for taking the time out of your morning slash afternoon to join us on the stream. Appreciate it. Had a great time. Thank nice you guys for you. having me. Yeah, it was nice meeting you guys too. Great to talk some baseball with some other uh, like-minded people who you guys do a great job with the show. It looks beautiful, by the way. The whole production, very good job. Um, and again, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. And we'll, we'll have to have you on again sometime in the summer. And uh, yeah, and obviously... The, or not obviously, but the uh, White Sox have a single. So oh, no. that total is going to fly over. It's yeah. under is chalked. Right? Under, under is yeah. chalked. Nerfy is chalked. Yeah. Caked. It's, it's everything. It's, I, I laugh so hard when there's like one run and people are like, oh, it's chalked. Yeah, like, yeah bloop single in the center. Oh, no. Nestor Ugh. Cortez is washed. Yeah. <laughs> Overrated, they're saying. Yeah. All right, so time to go get some bets in. Time to go watch this game. Uh, good luck to everybody on your bets today. Thank you for tuning in again. Uh, we'll be live again, same time, same place, tomorrow morning. So be sure to tune in for that. We'll catch you there. Take it easy. See you guys.